Welcome to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Laura Deirda, an editor at Becker's Healthcare, and I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Nancy Dawu, Chief Ambulatory Officer at Upstate University Hospital in New York. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you please tell us a little bit about your background? Sure, Laura. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you today. My background is healthcare uh, leadership, and I've been at Upstate Medical University almost 19 years. My primary uh, experience really lies in ambulatory services in an academic medical center. And I've also had some experience as it relates to acquisition of a community hospital. For several years, I was uh, responsible for rebuilding the services at that hospital, getting it back up and running well again. So I do have a, a mix of both ambulatory and inpatient perspective. So my focus right now is to help our organization look at opportunities for ambulatory growth really starting to kind of shift where that patient care experience happens as more care we know needs to be in the ambulatory setting. This role was created and I've been in it now for just under two years. So I'm really focused on trying to um, ex uh, expand our ambulatory footprint in the Syracuse and central New York region to better the whole organization. Well, fantastic. Could you tell us a little bit about your priorities today? Absolutely. So, you know, here we are, the beginning of 2021, and, you know, the priorities are uh, a little bit focused, certainly on COVID-19 and addressed COVID, addressing COVID in the hospital. In central New York, we're currently in a status called orange alert, which means that we're seeing a higher uh, amount of patients who are positive in the region. The positive rate is uh, kind of a sustained number that we've been watching now for several days. And like many other organizations across New York and the country, really, we are preparing for what we think is going to be a surge after the, the most recent holidays here, Christmas and New Year's and, and the other holidays. And so um, our priorities really today and, and where my focus has been uh, the past few days uh, over the weekend and, and today is really staffing ensuring uh, safety for the staff, trying to find ways uh, creatively to staff additional uh, inpatient units as they convert over to uh, COVID positive care and filling roles in the hospital that we have all had to fill as a result of this, um, such as things like, you know, the temperature screeners. We do have technology that has been implemented to help support that but we still do maintain screeners uh, at our main entrances for all of our buildings across the campus. We've also instituted additional roles such as a COVID unit runner, where it can be a non-clinical person who has signed up to be a runner on a unit. So they're helping to grab items or stock carts or other types of supportive roles to allow the RNs and and other members of the care team to kind of work up to that highest level of their uh, licensure. And um, so by doing that, we are pulling resources from the ambulatory clinics. So we've, we've really worked to um, continue to ramp down the visit volumes for ambulatory and really press into uh, telehealth and trying to uh, bring more patients in contact with their care providers you know, via the internet through different modalities, only bringing in those select patients who really need face-to-face -face care 
we have really also uh, slowed down extremely uh, to an extreme level um, our elective surgical cases. So right now, really, it is all about stretching our resources, trying to ensure that this organization is ready for, you know, the predicted next surge. And then at the same time, our organization has been identified as a, uh, a regional uh, hub for vaccine distribution. And so if you're not involved in COVID planning, <laughs> you are involved in, in all efforts to get as many people vaccinated in a timely manner, in a safe manner. And so it's kept our organization very, very busy, obviously, for the past several, several weeks. And I know that uh, many other organizations share this as well. But if I'm going to pivot just for a minute, I'll tell you two other priorities uh, that I'm addressing, you know, certainly with the new year kicking off. Other, other things that are happening in addition to all of the COVID response is uh, we have lots of vendors, either through, you know, contracted services that may have experienced, you know, significant loss in service, you know, whether it's like a food services vendor or other vendors. And so I'm working to try to stabilize the contracts with those vendors to ensure to the degree that's safe and possible to still keep services uh, open in the hospital for those that are here and uh, trying to mitigate as many losses to uh, any revenue streams for other vendors, you know, that that are partners with us in, in providing health services. So that's that has taken up a fair amount of my time as well. And then lastly, you know, really looking forward into the new year, um, it's, it's, we start the budget cycle uh, process within these first few weeks, reviewing contracts, starting to take first snapshots of staffing numbers and units, um, looking at past um, activity. And so we're trying to estimate, you know, where, where we should be positioning ourselves for the, through the budget process, whether it's, you know, projections for volume or staffing numbers while we're trying to grow, but also trying to uh, uh, imagine what that will be like when, when we get back to normal. So those, those are really my areas of focus today and, uh, and these past few weeks and for the few weeks to come as well. Got it. Thank you so much for going through that with us, Nancy. That's very helpful. I know you mentioned, obviously, the pandemic response being a huge part of your priorities. What are you seeing with COVID-19 right now, and how are your strategies evolving to mitigate the impact? Yeah, you know, um, there's there's a couple areas of focus that we're really pressing on right now, and it's, you know, you've kind of, you have the micro level for what's happening day to day in the organization, what's happening in those face-to-face interactions with your patients, with your staff, you know, your physicians, other caregivers. And then then you've come up another level and you take a look at regional response. And so in central New York, we, we're in very close proximity to two other uh, hospital systems. And so, you know, we're, we're in conversations with them uh, regularly to talk about things like load balancing and, you know, watching our ED diversions and trying to ensure that, um, again, as an academic medical center, that we are open to those services that only we can provide, like trauma or burn, pediatrics. And then, and then if you take it up another level and, you, you know, you talk about like New York State and or Department of Health and that's looking at kind of the, the regulatory responses, the reporting of PPE, and, you know, kind of monitoring 
what our organization is saying to our state partners and state agencies about what's happening here. And so, so what we're trying to do is, you know, through the incident command structure, we're in 150 plus every day on a phone call to walk through all aspects of um, a typical incident command structure. But where we're really trying to press on opportunity is, again, leveraging technology, trying to make service provision uh, a little bit easier with technology, making the processes that we use to monitor things such as PPE levels and distribution, and um, you know, looking at warehouse activity with uh, better reporting, better data, we have uh, several dashboards that have been developed to help, you know, kind of at a glance, take a look and to see what's happening in, in any aspect of the organization. We're also lucky to have a, a robust uh, team of epidemiologists and scientists who are watching, you know, the, the efforts unfold as it relates to, you know, spread and, you know, how we're, how we're interacting with our county partners and Department of Health you know, contract tracing, uh, contract tracing rather, how many employees that impacts for us that are out on a daily basis, whether they're either quarantined or positive. And so it's kind of this, um, this large assessment that's made on a daily basis rapidly to be monitoring resources, um, monitoring where we need to be devoting additional resources, working with our care partners in our region whether it's a nursing home, um, we've actually been working very close with a large nursing home to actually open a COVID positive unit. And we've been trying to figure out how we can support them with staffing to help us with our discharges. Because, uh, you know, we're monitoring capacity very closely in the organization. So it's a, it's a little bit of a symphony happening every day. <laughs> so so it, it challenges us to think very differently about things than we've ever done before. But through that, this big organization feels that it's much closer and much more in sync than we have ever been before. It's been it's been a pretty uh, interesting experience. That is a fascinating point to think about having the coordination efforts of, of the pandemic response, you know, bringing the department together and bringing the whole organization together. So that's great to hear. Before we wrap up today, I have one more question for you. What are the three pieces of advice that you would give to emerging leaders? Well, thank you for that question, Laura. That's, that's one of my uh, favorite conversations and uh, topics is leadership. And I, I have thought about this a little bit, and I do have three areas that I would say are really important for emerging leaders. The first would be is that try to understand what your authentic leadership style is. What, what feels right for you as a leader? So, I mean, how, how do you go about doing that? You know, you, you obviously are interacting, hopefully, with leaders uh, throughout your day, maybe one or two that you report into if you're, you know, matrixed organization, or you see other leaders in your organization, and you can be assessing what type of characteristics or traits those leaders have that feel natural for you and that you really appreciate in that style. And I think it's important to start really kind of assessing what feels authentic in your own self-style. And, and so one way to get there is to be thinking and doing a tremendous amount of introspective work and self-awareness. So what are the things that um, keep you motivated? And what are the things that uh, are exciting to learn about? 
so I mean, it's it's taking that and getting an understanding of your own leadership perspective, and then trying to emulate those roles that feel very comfortable for you. So um, that's an ongoing process. I think leaders should be doing that all the time. And I think it leads to true, authentic leadership. The second recommendation that I would say is that it's really important to network. Network with as many peers as you can up and down the, you know, the horizontal structure and, you know, back and forth on on the uh, the vertical structure and, you know, really network as much as you can in professional organizations and, you know, different social media, you know, appropriate for the work environment because your networking is going to be, I think, a key piece for success in developing your leadership uh, career track. So it's also a great way to try out certain leadership skills with people, um, you know, your own peers. So I think that that's really important. And then lastly, I would, I would recommend, you know, anybody who is emerging is to really seek out a mentor and purposefully seek out somebody who is very different from yourself, a very different role potentially, someone with a diverse background uh, who comes from a completely different reference or lens from your own and, you know, um, work with that person, again, to be expanding your network and trying to discover your authentic self and then continue to seek out mentors as you grow. And it's also important, I think, to act as a mentor to somebody to, you know, take on students who need to do internships, you know, uh, always be willing to put up your hand in the organization. And I think that those are some important points that you can focus on, you know, as an emerging leader. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for going through that with us. I think the three points you mentioned, being able to understand your authentic leadership as number one, number two, networking with peers up and down the organization, and then number three, seeking out a mentor as well as uh, mentoring others, I I think are really essential for leaders today. So we appreciate your time today. This has been a great conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you, Laura. It's been my pleasure to speak with you.